We at Echoes of Holiness Radio wanted to say thank you to Brother Don Rich. We've heard him preach the gospel all over the world. In Oklahoma we heard him a lot at Watts Holiness Church. We've heard him preach in Georgia, Florida, Virginia, California and even down in Mexico at a camp meeting with Sister Gail Myers. God bless you all as you listen. Thank you to all of God's people. And aren't you glad that when the big crowd leaves that the Lord doesn't go too? I mean, His Spirit's right here. And the Holy Ghost is here just like it was uh, in the convention. I thought Friday night when I looked out over this congregation, it looked to me like there wasn't hardly room to squeeze anybody else in. Thank the Lord for that wonderful turnout that came to the meeting. But you know what? I found the Lord to be right there when it's just Him and I. Oh, and some of the greatest services I was ever in was when there were only a few gathered there. And the Lord stood by His promise where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. I found His promise to be true. I don't know why this came to me, but I thought I'd tell this to you this morning before I get into the Word of God. A few years ago, I was preaching in Pasadena, California, which is close to Los Angeles. Not many holiness people there, at least that we know. There's probably more there in that great nucleus of people than we know. Sometimes you think there's nobody, and then you find out they are. But uh, we were preaching there, and the pastor came to us and said, We have a sister that attends this church, did attend this church, but she's not able to come now. She's, her case has reached the point where it's just terminal. It's just a matter of time, and cancer is going to take her body, and she'll be gone. And uh, I was staying in the evangelist quarters, and the pastor said, Just two blocks down this street, there is a convalescent home, an old folks' home. And this lady, the hospital and doctors did all they could for her. And they've sent her there to die. And we wondered if you'd like to go visit her while you're here. And I said, I'd be happy to. Come on, <clears throat> One day I got up and I got to searching the scriptures. And I got out the 91st Psalm and getting everything ready to go visit this dying woman planning on reading some scripture to her and praying with her. Yeah. And uh, I found her room and name and got her room and I walked in and I saw a, a pale woman with just skin stretched over the bone. Oh God! And I introduced myself to her and I saw a strange light break out on that woman's face. Oh God. And she said, I've been praying that somebody come to me. Said, I know that uh, said, I can't read, see to read. And said, I know in that 14th chapter of St. John, it says something about those mansions. Yeah, come on. And said, I've been praying that somebody that could read, could see to read, would come. Said, my mind is confused. I can't quite get it straightened out. But somebody would take the Bible and read that to me. Said, I know it's in there. Yeah. I said, yes, it's in there. It's in there, and so I got the Bible, and I began to read to her the 14th chapter of St. John. And she looked up at me, and she said, You know, you're in the greatest business in the world. Yeah. Being a God-called preacher, out winning souls. 
She said, that is the greatest business in the world. Yeah. And uh, then she asked me to come over closer to her, and I did. I drew over close to her little uh, limp body, and she looked up at me, and she said, Brother Rich, well, she said, or maybe she just called me preacher. She said, preacher, whatever you do, would you do something for me? wherever you go and I said what what is that I'll try if I can she said would you tell the people everywhere you go that the blood of Jesus really cleanses from sin and you know that woman's testimony is coming to this congregation this morning it really does cleanse from sin they told me at the church that she had no known relatives and that just the members of the church was about all the friends that she had there in that area. So I thought, well, maybe I'll cheer her up a little. I said, uh, I understand you don't have any relatives that you know of. She said, not that I know of. And I said, well, I guess it gets kind of lonely here. She said, oh, no. said, I've got a friend that comes here to me every day. And every night he comes to me. And said, it don't get lonely when you've got a friend like I have. And here's what she told me that blessed my soul. She said, preacher, he comes and visits me every day. But said, it won't be long. And I didn't know that those little lips would be nimble by death in less than 24 hours. But they were. But I didn't know it. I was hearing her last testimony. She said, he comes to visit me every day. But said, it's not going to be long. I'm going to leave here and go visit him. And in less than 24 hours, that little woman went on to be with her Lord. I'm glad that we have a faith that will hold us. Not only when we're living and feeling good, but in the dying hour, Jesus will still be right there. I don't want just a God that can keep me in the sunshine. Yeah. I want one that can keep me in the shadows. I want to preach just a little while. The Lord will help me and you'll help me. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's just so good to know that Jesus is concerned about each one of us. And this young man that was praying, now that's just as important and maybe more important that those that feel themselves slipping get reinstated and get new strength. Amen. That's just as important as reaching some lost soul and maybe more important because someone may be looking to this young man for strength and influence. And if he'd give up, somebody else might give up. Or somebody that's about ready to get saved and watching him might not ever be saved. So you see how important it is that we stayed prayed up. You can know you're the first one to know whenever you start slipping. Oh, the preacher detects it after a while, but you're the first one to know it. That's right. That's right. And I used to think that folks backslid when they left the church and went out and started smoking and cussing and drinking and fussing and cussing. I used to think, well, they're backslid. But they backslid long before we ever saw those outward signs. For the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but it's in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And when you lose that, you've already lost out. 
That's why we have to come and be renewed over and over and over again. That's why we have conventions so people can be renewed. How many got help in the convention? Anybody besides me get beyond that bread I was preaching about? Hallelujah. Well, praise God. All right, let us go into your Bibles if you'd like to go with me into the book of Kings. Praise the Lord. Into the book of Kings, the first Kings chapter 17. The book of first Kings chapter 17. The Bible said in verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Shireth, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Shireth, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it'd be wonderful if we could stop there, but I've got to read the next verse to get my text. And it came to pass, after a while, that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. In the book of Job, the first chapter, the great patriarch Job made this statement in the first chapter of the book of Job, verse 21. And Job said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My subject today is that simply this, you cannot survive by a dried up brook. You cannot survive by a dried up brook. People lose out with God every year simply because they do not know how to cope with dried up brooks. In Elijah's day, there was a wicked reign of Ahab and his wicked wife, Jezebel. But as always, God has a man who is willing to go and obey God and denounce the iniquity and sin of that day. So thundering out of the hills comes this great prophet Elijah, walks right into the palace of Ahab and said, As the Lord liveth, it shall not be rain nor dew upon the earth for a certain space of time. Yeah. Turns and walks out and God says, all right, Elijah, I want you to go down by the brook Shireth. Yeah. 
I like to say sometimes he checked him in at the hotel, Cherith. Yeah. For he said, I want you to go down by the brook, Cherith, and I want you to stay down there, drink out of that brook, yeah. and I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And the Bible says that the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank out of that brook. Boy, you talk about a congenial setup. Elijah was an outdoorsman anyhow. And here he is down by the brook drinking good clear water, and twice a day he had meat and bread. Every day, two times a day. Most of us preachers could get by on that if we had to. Yeah. Bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and drinking out of a cool, clear brook. Yeah. Now, Elijah was right where God told him to go. He was in the perfect will of God. And as he drank from this prattling, rippling brook and heard its song as it came out of the mountain. It spoke of God's love and concern for his prophet down there hiding by the brook Cherith. Everything's set up where it looks like he's got it made from now on. The children out in Oklahoma at our church sings that little song. The raven's wings went flap, flap, flap as down to the brook they flew. They carried meat and they carried bread like the Lord told them to. Well, that's exactly what happened where those ravens were getting that fresh meat at. I do not know. I said one time they might have been getting it out of uh, Ahab's meat house. I don't know. But they was bringing him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he was drinking out of the brook. But there came a day when this prophet went down to the brook. And it wasn't running quite as swift as it one time had ran. The music, the noise of this brook wasn't quite as loud as it one time had been. And then there came a day when he walked down to his brook to get a drink. And you know what had happened? The brook dried up. Did the brook dry up because God had lost track of his servant Elijah? down there by the brook? No. God knew where Elijah was at. And the brook did not dry up because Elijah was out of the will of God. No. It did not dry up because God did not love Elijah anymore. That's not why it dried up. Sometimes when our brooks dry up, we want to blame God for it. We say, well, I don't know why God did this and God did that. But you see, Elijah was in a wicked country. He was in a country that was under the curse of sin. And it was because of the sin of the people that this curse was upon the land. And no matter how holy you live in this old world, there will be things that will happen in this world that's under the curse that will affect your life, your happiness, and will bring tears to your eyes. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? Listen to me now. The Bible said that Elijah's brook dried up. It was not because God had quit loving Elijah. It was not because Elijah had sinned. But the brook dried up. 
Now let me tell you something. Brooks in this world always dry up. Your brook may have ran long, but eventually your brook will dry up. Here's why I believe Elijah's brook dried up. I believe that God wanted Elijah to put his faith in the God of heaven and not in the brook nor in the ravens that fed him. Too many people get their faith in the things of this world rather than in God. You get your faith in your bank account. First thing you know, sickness or something comes and your brook dries up. Amen. You get your faith and confidence in somebody and they let you down. Amen. You put your faith in your automobile and it does like mine did the other day on this Highway 81. It just shut totally down. I had to bring a a wrecker. I had to bring a wrecker and carry me in. Say, well, you must have been driving a little Volkswagen. No, I was driving a Cadillac. Amen. But it quit me. Amen. And $463 later, I was on my way back down the road again. No, I didn't raise my hand and fist at God and say, God, why'd you let me this happen? Amen. We're in a world where brooks dry up. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? There was a time when I used to be so strong. Man, it would have been my delight back about 25 years ago to come and preach this meeting. Man, I don't believe, I don't believe Brother Stricker could have outdid me then. He can outdo me now, but I don't believe he could have outdid me then. Amen. I was strong. If you wanted me to preach once a day, fine. Twice a day, fine. And I have preached higher six times a day. And I mean, get in there and preach when I get through still feeling strong. I do not say this because this is foolishness, but one time, please bear with me my folly, but when I was strong, we were uh, seeing how much we could carry, and I let them load 500 pounds on me. Now, I didn't feel like whistling, but I walked off with it whistling, amen, just so the fellas that was watching, you know, would think that it was such a light load for me. Hey, yeah, uh-huh. But listen, that brook is dried up. And I'm not near that strong. But let me tell you something. The God that spoke to my heart over 30 years ago and called me out of sin and put me to preaching the gospel and caused my brook to start flowing in the first place is the God that my faith is in today. He's the one that's sustaining me. Now, most folks do not know how to cope with dried up brooks. Most of us don't know what to do when the brook dries up. We don't know what to do whenever, you know, preachers and singers, all of you know what I'm talking about. I've been having a great revival, power of God falling, many seeking God till late in the night, and then come to church some night. Brook dried up. My wife and my family used to sing together. Boy, they used to sing a song, you know, and it blessed every time they'd get up to sing it. And then all of a sudden they'd get up and sing that song, and the brook had gone dry. Preachers and Brother Stricter and many preachers can rely uh, and can relate, relate to me on this. 
I've preached sermons. Man, every time I'd take that text, the glory of God had come down and I could preach that thing. Amen. If I had to preach on the spur of a moment, I knew where I'd preach because I could always preach that one. But listen, there came a day when I got up and took that text and the brook had went dry. What do you do with dried up brooks? What do you do whenever you do what you've always been doing and there seems to be no water flow? What do you do when you go down to that same place where God told you to go and there is no water there? Sure, you used to come to the altar, throw up your hands, begin to praise God and the glory of God had come down and now you come and lift your hands and your brook has gone dry. You cannot survive by a dried up brook. So you've got to do something when the brook dries up. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? Well, Job's brook, it dried up. If there has ever been a brook dried up, it was Job's brook. Amen. All of his cattle, all of his possessions, everything that he possessed was gone. Amen. Then, amen, his family and his children were all taken away in a whirlwind and finally the message came to him Job all of your servants everything you have including your children is gone your brooks dried up but I like what Job did he walked down to that dried up brook and lifted his hands said naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. It was the Lord that gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The man or woman that can stand by their dried up brook, lift her hands and say, The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed, 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 blessed be the name of the Lord. That is the person, amen, that God's going to sustain and keep. Hallelujah. We get so used to God giving that we forget sometimes the same God that gave takes away. I thought about the sister, I don't know her, that came up and gave the uh, memorial uh, pledge today. Hey, the same God that gave that child is the same God that took that child. Do you understand that? Now the person that can stand by that brook and say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is someone who has reached spiritual maturity. I've got to hurry because I want to preach here in just a little bit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about how to cope with dried up brooks. I was driving across the hills of Mexico some time ago in the desert. We had a lady with us. We had a Mexican man preacher and his wife with us. And this lady moved up close to where I, I could hear her. She said, Brother Rich, I want to share my story with you. I said, all right, go ahead. Now I was driving this little motor home and this lady moved up close where I could hear and she said brother rich you know I used to be young I said I know that she said I used to be 
fairly pretty and showed me a picture of her when she was 19 years old. She said, when I was 19 years old, I was engaged to a World War II pilot. He was going to go finish his task and come home and marry me. And she said, so I waited. I began to accumulate the things uh, that all young ladies or most young ladies do before they get married, things that I might need, and began to look forward to the day when his mission would be accomplished and he'd come back home and we would uh, be joined together in holy matrimony. Then she said, one morning, a messenger came and brought this message that my fiance was killed in battle. Went down, his plane went down and they found him dead. I said, what did you do? This lady said, I said, Lord, you're the one that's directing my life. You're the one that I'm following. You're the one that I'm serving. Wedding was called off. Her brook went dry. But when we stand in the heavenly world, hundreds, I dare say, even thousands of little Mexican people, little Kuna people, will lift their hands and say, Thank God, Sister Gail Myers' brook went dry. Yeah, her brook went dry and God called her to go into the mission work. I know there are others, I'm sure that can may exceed her, but I know of no other one individual that's established over 150 churches in Mexico, supports over 100 uh, preachers every month, amen, got uh, 12 or 14 churches in the San Blas Islands in Panama. It all happened because God let her brook go dry. Your dried up brook may not be a tragedy. It may be a message from God to move somewhere in the spiritual realm where God can talk to your heart and talk to your life. If God just lets you go on in the same old rut all the time, amen, you would get cold in your soul. If that brook would kept flowing, it could have ruined Elijah. He could have become so accustomed to the ravens and the brook, he would not have been appreciative of them. Amen. He could have put all of his confidence just in the brook and the raven. But let me tell you something. Amen. When his brook went dry then he sought God and God said alright Elijah I've sustained you here but I've got some place else I want you to go I've got some place else where I want you to be a blessing to someone else and said I want you to go down to the city of Zarephath amen and I've commanded a little widow woman there to sustain thee and so here Elijah goes down to the city of Zarephath there he finds a little woman as he comes to the gate of the city and she's out picking up sticks I can see her so thin she can hardly walk picking up sticks and the man of God says go fetch me a drink of water and she says as she went he said to her bring me a little cake also and she said as the Lord liveth and as my soul liveth there is not a cake in that house just a handful of meal in the barrel, a little oil in the cruise. I got a son that's dying of starvation, and I'm getting ready to make my last little cake, and we're going to eat it and die. 
But the man of God said, make me a little cake first. And that woman went in and took that last handful of meal out of that barrel. Amen. Took that cruise of oil. Hallelujah. Where's that little oil cruise? Amen. Took that cruise of oil. Amen. Shook the last drop of it out. Amen. And emptied it out and made a cake. The Bible doesn't record this, but it could have well happened. Amen. The little child, maybe two or three years old, could have said, Mama, hurry now. I'm so hungry. And the mother could have said, Son, this cake's not for you. Amen. This is for the man of God. But when I feed him, I'm going to take care of you. Just hold on now. And she made a little cake and took it out to the man of God. And then she went back into that empty meal barrel. And she reached a hand in there by faith and took out another handful of meal. Took that empty oil cruise and began to pour oil out of it. And for the space of the duration of that drought, approximately three years, the meal barrel wasted not neither did the cruise of oil fail say what are you trying to say preacher here's what I'm trying to say amen Elijah's dried up brook became a blessing to that woman and her son hear me today amen move on over into another realm of the spirit if your brook has gone dry maybe you used to shout maybe you used to get happy Whenever the music played and Brother Pete sang, maybe the tongues of the Holy Ghost used to move in your soul. You can't survive if you're sitting by a dried up brook today. You've got to get in contact with God. You've got to reach out for something more. Maybe God will use that to be a blessing to someone else. If the brook would have kept flowing, there would not have been a miracle of the meal barrel and the cruise of oil. If the brook would have kept flowing, the widow's, the woman's son would have never been raised from the dead. If the brook had have kept flowing, Elijah could have said, I've been fed by ravens. Oh, that's a wonderful testimony. But after the brook went dry, he laid his head down under a juniper tree and I Elijah, if the brook had kept flowing, if the brook had kept flowing, amen, Elijah would have never said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. But listen, because of his dried up brook, he was able to get up and be useful in the service of the Lord. How many understand what I'm preaching? Brooks go dry. I say brooks go dry. You ever have a brook to go dry on you? Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Had there been no dried up brook, if that brook had kept flowing, then Elijah would have never took his old mantle and walked down to the river of Jordan. Amen. And smoked the waters. And they parted hither and thither. But because of the dried up brook, we have a whole record here of great miracles, amen, that were performed by the man of God. 
Most of all, I wonder if that chariot of fire would have ever came after the man of God if he'd have stayed there by that brook. Oh, if your brook is dried up today, amen, move in close to God. He has another blessing for you. Amen, he has something else for you today. You look at Paul, the Apostle Paul. How many times his brook seemed to go dry. But he said, I would have you to know that the things which have happened to me, amen, have happened for the furtherance. They've fallen out for the furtherance of the gospel. Everything, every time Paul run into trouble, amen, he counted it as a blessing of the will of God for his life. Don't sit by your dried up brook. Son, that was all was wrong with you this morning. Aren't you glad your brook's flowing again? Hallelujah. Come over and stand by me. Don't be afraid of me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at his countenance. You can tell when somebody's brook's flowing. Now, don't feel bad if you see someone come in and they're not smiling like this and their countenance doesn't shine like this. Amen. It's just that their brook's dried up. And yours will be dry one of these days. There'll be a night you'll come in and your brook will be dry. There's no sin in your brook going dry. The sin comes when you try to survive there by the dried up brook. Hallelujah. Listen, lady, if you're bound by alcohol, I know Jesus Christ can break every fetter, can loose. Hallelujah. I was preaching the other night in Dallas, Texas. And uh, a strange thing happened. I was preaching on the Holy Ghost. I was right ready to ask everybody that wanted the Holy Ghost to come to the altar. And God said, turn it. Turn it over. Turn it around. I said, what do you mean? Lord, now this is all going on in my spirit. I said, forget about preaching on the Holy Ghost and invite the sinners to come. I said, hey, mister, you right back there. God's talking to your heart. He was. Here he come to get saved. I don't know how many saved that night. Even just, Lord, just turn that whole message around. I don't think no one received the Holy Ghost. About five or six went through to salvation. Then a few nights later, I was preaching on salvation. And all of a sudden, folks are going through the Holy Ghost. I don't know how God does it, but he knows where you're at. And he knows the brook you're by. And just because your brook's not flowing real good today doesn't mean that God does not know where you're at. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Rich not feeling well. Uh, yesterday evening started feeling bad and was up and down nearly all night last night. But honey, let me tell you something. The same God that healed you whenever you had that flea bias in your legs and it looked like it was going to be fatal. Not too long ago, amen, they diagnosed her as having a tumor uh, that was, the doctor said he knew it was cancerous. Amen, that tumor was as large as a large cantaloupe. That's big, isn't it? Amen, the doctor told me. He said, we're almost sure it's malignant. And after they took it out, he came by and said, uh, it, I'm sorry, but said, it's, uh, it's going to be a bad report. So I tell the way it was in there. And then the nurses did not prepare my wife's room because they thought she was going to the cancer rehabilitation ward. But let me tell you something. Hallelujah. 
God Almighty. Several months before that, why God works in this way, I do not know. But a man was preaching, and my wife went up to him. She didn't even know she had a tumor. Now, I don't believe in a lot of these phony preachers, but this man told her, said, you got a tumor. He said, I'm going to pray for you. It won't be cancerous. He prayed for her, and God took care of it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ever have your brooks to dry up? What about the time, Sister Rich, we was preaching, and I was preaching holiness? Now, some folks don't like it, but I know what it'll do for you. It'll sustain you. I was preaching holiness in a church, and I went from Sunday through Thursday. And on Wednesday night, I went back and invited a young lady to the altar. And, of course, she was made up and had on a lot of jewelry and earrings and all. said, I have you. No, I'm saved and full of the Holy Ghost. Don't bother me. I said, you may have it, but you got a different brand than I got. And I just turned around and went back to the front and come to find out I was a pastor's daughter. <laughs> well, now whether it's my daughter or whoever, sin is sin. And wrong is wrong. And no use trying to cover up for wrong doing. Well, they called me into the call me into the office and the pastor said this is the last night I said you're gone I said, all right all right and the trouble of it is we're 1700 miles away from home and i did not even have one dollar i had change but no dollars what are you doing a case like that two children in the car or three two or three two two children in the car what are you doing a case like that? Stand there. We, nobody invited us home with them. We had a little old trailer out there, parked out there, a little tiny, wasn't that one of these big things, just a little old tiny trailer one. And we had it parked out there and uh, nothing in there to eat. And 1,700 miles away from home and not even a dollar. Hey, your brook's gone dry. Yeah. Ha ha. But see, God called me to preach holiness. And since I knew I'd done what God had told me to do, everybody left and left Sister Rich and I and the children just sitting there. We just, they sat in the car and I stood out in front of the church. Let them all go on home, preacher and all, just left us standing there. You know I, what I was trying to do? I knew I couldn't survive by that dried up brook. And so I was trying to get divine direction from the Lord. But just about the time that I thought maybe my brook wouldn't flow no more, a stranger come out of the shadows. He said, are you the man that's been preaching meeting here? And I said, yes. And he had a box in his hand. He said, uh, well, you don't know me. I didn't get to the revival. But he said, I butchered a beef, and I got the beef back. And I wonder if you like beef steak. Man, that's a foolish question to ask a holiness preacher. I said, man, I love beef steak. And he said, well, I brought you some says, no it's, no, it's getting late, but I brought you some beefsteak and said, there's some sausage and eggs and other stuff in this box for you. Uh, so I just felt like bringing it to you. Well, I don't care to tell you, I put my arms around him. I said, God bless you, man, I appreciate that. And I blessed him. And he turned and walked probably as far as that wall. I was still blessing him. He turned around. He said, well, now I want you to get these words. He said, I didn't want to do this. I really didn't want to do it. But said, I also sold some cattle. 
And he said, I got some money. And I felt like I need to give it to you. And he shoved some money in my shirt pocket. I didn't know how much it was. But I knew it was folding, and that was more than, it was just a dollar. That's a dollar more than what I had. Oh, and so I put that in my pocket, hopped in that car. Man, I'm human too. I drove about three blocks from a car and stopped under a bright street light. Yes, sir. I sure did. I said, honey, count this. See how much this is. She started counting. Started off in fives. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, forty, forty-five, fifty. About the time I had a hold of handle that door on fifty, I come out of there and I went up beyond bread. I mean, my old brook started flowing again. And that man gave me equivalent of what I would have got if I'd preached all week and got a good offering at that church. Oh, I've never seen that man again. I don't know who he was. Could have been an angel for all I know. Amen. I don't know. But I do know my brook started flowing again. And if you'd have come by our little old trailer at 2.30 that morning, you'd have smelt steak of fried. Woo! Hallelujah! Hey, let's put our confidence in God. Paul said, my God shall supply all of your needs according to your riches to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If your brook is quit flowing, if you can't feel the power of the Holy Ghost today, reach out to God. He's got more source than just one little brook. He's got more to sustain you than just one place. There stands 12 o'clock. Not through, but I'm quitting. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Thank God for the dried up brooks. Now, you can't survive by a dried up brook. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can find the will of God right there by a dried up brook. Elijah did it. Someone said, I'm, it's just a dry service has been dry. Well, hey, I don't care what church you go to. Now, I know... Every time I've ever been here, I've been here uh, four times now. Every time I've been here, it looks like y'all been right on top. But let me tell you something. I happen to know enough about the cares of this life and that old adversary, the devil, that I know there are times when the brooks dry up. Amen. Every time I've ever heard Brother Grimm get up to sing, it looked like his brook was about to go out over the banks every time. But see, I happen to know he lives in his body, and he's made out of the same stuff I'm made out of. I know that. See, I understand that. You're made out of the same stuff I'm made out of, too. And you see, sometimes our brooks dry up. It does not mean that God's eyes are not still over the righteous, and his ears not still open to their prayer. It simply means God is wanting us to seek his face. I wish I had time to tell you about that desert that's going to blossom like a rose, but I don't have time. Hallelujah. You ever have your brook to dry up? Maybe you're sitting by one this morning. Oh, glory. Sister Rich, remember that time we lost that child? Sister Rich held that little lifeless child. Her brook went dry. Yeah. 
Yours will too. Yeah. Just because everybody not shouting and running and jumping don't mean they backslid. Sometimes, sometimes you don't know what somebody's brook is just going dry. I heard people, heard preacher Kim say, every one of you is not getting in. You don't feel what I'm feeling. You must be backslid. Hey, not every time. <laughs> hey, man, I know what I'm talking about. So we lost that child. Put it away. Then Shirley went into a state of seclusion in her spirit. Amen. She's still going to church, still being my wife, but she couldn't seem to get away from that dried up brook. Oh, yeah. To make a long story short, after about three months of working with her, I'm always pretty good to her. But I tried to be extra kind to her, you know. And, uh, yeah, extra kind to her, but nothing I could say or do could get her to leave her dried up brook. And nothing I could do. Talked to the ladies in the church, had wonderful ladies, and they talked to her and worked with her and go visit her, but nothing they could do could get her to leave her dried up brook. But one night in the night, she woke me up and said, Honey, wake up. I said, All right, I'm awake. She said, Don't wake up. I said, I'm awake. She said, Well, turn on the light. And I turned on the light. And I could tell just by looking at her countenance that her brook had started flowing again. <laughs> She said, I just had such a wonderful dream. I said, what is it? She said, the Lord let me look right into heaven. And said, there I saw our little baby. Said it was in Jesus' arms. Said it looked right at me and said, Mama, don't you ever worry about me anymore. I'm happy right here where I'm at. Oh, yeah, the Lord knows how to get your brook to going again. He knows how to help you. Praise God. Now, I'm not quite like Brother Cox. I'm not a preaching machine. But I've been preaching a long time, and I've preached a lot, but I'm still not a preaching machine, and I know how Brother Cox meant that. But sometimes, though, even preachers, brooks dry up. But I'm just wondering if all them, I've got a box at home about this high, and square, and in there I've got outlines and little thoughts that I've wrote down for many years. And I let young preachers come there and go through all of this get what they want to help them, you know, on their way. But I'm wondering if I'd have kept, just stayed with just a few of them. Would have I ever searched out anything else? Would I ever dug into the depth of God's Word? Would I ever found messages like beyond bread if I'd have just stayed there? Amen. I'm not against, sometimes I'll go back and pick up one of them texts, you know, and preach it. Amen. But what I'm telling you, God lets our brooks dry up. And say, well, oh, it's wonderful. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. My, the Lord, fill me. And now I can't feel the Holy Ghost. Have you been living above sin? If you have, you've still got the Holy Ghost. Huh? Still got it. Now all you need to do is get down there beside that dried up brook and pray and stir up that gift that's within you. Amen. And reach out and God's got something else for you. Do you understand what I'm preaching? i got to close here. May the Lord bless you today. I really feel like somebody here. We've already had a wonderful altar service. And I thought to myself, now if I don't even preach today, my soul's already been blessed. My soul has been touched and helped. And I, I'm just so glad when I see people getting help.
And I love to help people around the altars. It's one thing that alarmed me one night. We went home here. And we had some hungry souls in these altars. And I noticed so many people just visit, visiting, visiting. I know the pastor's got to get around. I know that. And others have things to do. I know that. But it's whenever folks is hungry for God, hungry for something from the Lord, when somebody's like this young man sitting by a dried up brook and feel like if they don't get help, amen, they're not going to last, then that's our responsibility, amen, to help them to find the leading of the Spirit of God once again. While every head's bowed now, nobody looking around, you'd say, Brother Rich, I'm one of those that my brook is dried up, and I need help today. I need spiritual help. Would you lift your hand quickly right now in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name, yes, I see that hand. Are the others yes? Yes. Amen. Are the others, you'd say, Brother Rich, my brooks, my brooks gone dry. And I've been sitting here by this dried up brook, pining away, and I know I hadn't done nothing wrong. Elijah hadn't did anything wrong either. Elijah hadn't missed the will of God either. Elijah was true to his God, but his brook still went dry. Is there another one you'd lift your hand? Say, Brother Rich, I've got to get hold of some more help today. I've got to receive something from the Lord. Maybe you're here and you're a backslider. You're away from God today. You want to come back, get help. Would you lift your hand? Or maybe there's a sinner here. You've never been saved. You'd say, Brother Rich, I need Jesus this morning. Would you lift your hand? Say, Brother Rich, please pray for me. I need Jesus. I want to be saved from my sin. I want to come and find help from the Lord. Would you just quickly raise that hand? All right. I'm going to open this altar once again. I know we've had a wonderful season of prayer. Some lifted your hand that your brook had dried up. But oh, God's still alive. Still on the throne. There was a lady called to the missionary field in India. I forget the lady's name. And just about the time that she was ready to embark and go to India, her sister took bad sick and no one else to help with her family. This lady postponed her trip and went to, in, went to her sister's house rather than going to India and stayed with her sister a couple years. And finally, her sister died, left four children. And... This lady could not stand to see her little nieces and nephews without someone to care for them. So she postponed her trip father and took care of those little children until they got grown. By then, it was, she was unable to go 
to the mission field. She thought her brook had dried up. There came a day when one of those little ones who was now grown came in and told her, I've been called to the mission field in India. And all four of them ended up as missionaries in the country of India. And her brook, as she thought it dried up, only furthered the gospel. We're going to come in and pray. I wonder who wants to be the first one to come as our sister plays here today. Hallelujah. No, it's not a shame or sin for your brook to dry up. The problem is, is when you stay by the dried up brook. When oh, the load yes. you carry is heavy and sharp, things may happen that break your heart. He'll make a way. This I know. I want us to all come in around this altar. Let's seek God. Let's get this thing to flowing in our souls once again. Bless the holy name of Jesus. Bless the holy name of Jesus. no place to go. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Come on and let's pray. If you're not right in the sight of God, you're sure welcome in this altar. Why don't you come on? Join us in prayer. Thank you to all who join us in making Echoes of Holiness Radio possible. The advertisements provide less than 20% of the cost of broadcasting. We appreciate all that have helped to make up the difference. To contact us about partnering with us in prayer for Echoes of Holiness or about contributions, you may do so at Echoes of Holiness Radio P.O. Box 161, Augusta Springs, Virginia 24411 or online at echoesofholiness.org. Thank you for joining us this year.